In this episode of Novel Predictions, Allison gets a home run. I think we should get into our questions, okay. even though legitimately it's going to be... Yay! Allison was right, Allison was right, <laughs> Allison. Seriously, I think you fucking swept it. Hi guys, welcome to Novel Predictions. I'm Kales, and I reread Uglies this month. And I'm Allison, and I read it for the first time, and I crushed it. You so did. I was sitting there <laughs> reading this book, and I was like, fuck me. She did so well. I would argue that it's the best predictions that we've had thus far. I think so, I, too. I think there's yeah. a couple little things that I didn't see coming, and I would like to talk about those eventually. But other than that, I was pretty much on the nose here. You were so fucking spot on. Like, I don't even know what to do. So just so you, if you guys are joining us for the first time, uh, this is Novel Predictions, which is a podcast where two best friends, Kales and Allison, uh, force each other to read a book that the other one has read. Um, and then the one who hasn't read it has to make predictions. Um, and so this month I made Allison read uglies by scott westerfeld because it's an og ya dystopian and she never read it and i was wanting to reread it because of imposters coming out this past september and allison's predictions were so fucking spot on this episode i don't i don't know how we're gonna make it funny because i can't make fun of her well we can make it funny by the fact that i hated this book you hated this book? Well, hate might be strong, but I very much disliked it. Oh my God. Let's start there with your overall thoughts, which is usually how we start. Um, you, what didn't you like about okay, it? Okay, so I, you know how I am very generous with my book ratings. What did you rate it? I gave, oh my God. <laughs> I rated it two stars. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. I was literally yelling. Like I was listening to the audiobook because I work 40 hours a week and that's the only way I can do this right now no I listened to the audiobook too yeah and I was in my office like with my office mates just being like you're such a fucking idiot I like I I hate you like stop lying and stop making a total mess of everything tally you hated tally yeah and my my office mates were looking at me and I was like I'm sorry I can't hold it in can't hold it in um but yeah that's so amazing so there's a couple things that I was just like this is the dumbest um First of all, I, as I said in the first episode, was the heavy handedness with the like uglies, pretties, dichotomy and all that really just never, never felt good to me. I understand that it was a big part of the plot, but I still didn't like how it was written. Yeah. And then Tally herself was so insufferable because she just wouldn't stop lying and she was building this giant web of lies when she almost got caught lying so many times and then whenever people figured it out they were just like yeah I mean that wasn't very cool of you but like it's fine basically and I'm like you know what no it's actually not fine first of all she came there with the intention of destroying your lives she decided not to do that so she should get some merit for that but then instead of just saying, hey, this is actually my fault, but I didn't do it on purpose. I'm really sorry. And that would have solved all the problems. She just kept lying and building this treachery tower. And I just hated the fact that even after people knew, they were like, it's fine. 
you like but. drove off in a hoverboard and left us all there and that counts as saving us so it's fine i'm i'm so i'm i'm not it's what's funny is like i'm not as hurt um, because when I was reading this book again, and I think, you know, I got to be blatantly honest, I think it is a book that is very targeted for teenagers. Yeah. And I say that because I think back to like myself at that age and beauty was a huge deal and how I was looking and, you know, the gangliness that I had cause I'm six feet fucking tall. And, you know, and while like I probably cared a lot less than some other people did, I can see where this book would hit home for a lot of people of this idea of accepting themselves. But I think you and I as late 20 somethings that this is so just repetitive and annoying. And I found myself too being like, God damn it. How many times do we have to hit this home of, love yourself and you're pretty as you are and you know it was a lot of that repetitive bullshit and again it might hit people at a different age but I think as a 27 year old woman who's rather comfortable with herself this was just a lot and I think also it's funny to read an OGYA because it has developed so much like I think about how complex characters have gotten and a lot of these were still so basic right they're very one a lot of them were one-dimensional right and just it was interesting to me to see how it's developed over time so I actually only gave this book a three out of five stars which is what I had originally given it um back when I was like I didn't have goodreads at the time that I read this book but when you rated it based on but when I rated it yeah it was still three out of five stars. And it was funny to me because I remember I was at Scott Westerfeld's signing and so many people had him sign uglies and was like, this book changed my life when I was younger and da da da. But I think the caveat there is when I was younger. Right. I really think that it, it was a book that had to hit you at the right time. And because I was reading it now and I was kind of with you of like, oh my God, Tally, you're a fucking moron. <laughs> and, and this boy, I was like, why does he fucking like yeah. her? I don't, I, I, the whole time I was sitting there like, I don't He's understand like, you're special. Why. And I'm like, no, she's really no, not. No, she's really not. I was like, why is, why is David interested in her at all? And it just, and I kind of, I will say I kind of like, and we talked about this too, that she's not special. Yeah, no, I like that, that too. She is kind of a douchebag. Like she <laughs> is kind of an asshole. And I like that. Um, and I, I just was thinking about it the whole thing and I'm like wow this is a lot more than I this is a, I remember it being a lot more than it actually was and it probably was to me as 14 year old McKaylee but yeah now it was not so much not so much which is why also I like Scott Westerfeld's other books like Midnighters and So Yesterday and his other works this may have been the most popular but I don't think it's the best yeah I would say that's true because I kind of forgot actually but i read midnighters this year because you had it on my January list and that book was better much better than this book to me i agree but so another thing about this that drove me nuts was um again it was tally but i think her her like justification to herself that she was doing the right thing by lying and like when she said she said a few times like um i'm gonna tell him just not right now. And like all these oh, things. Oh, it was so selfish. And it, it was so selfish. And she just like, she was like, I love this person or whatever. And then 
was so I don't know like my my perception of what what do you do when you love a person is not lie to them constantly and say at some point I'll tell them the truth whenever it's best most convenient for me to not get like in trouble with them yeah let that be a lesson to everyone that lies (laughs) Don't work with relationships. Don't listen to what Shakespeare or romantic comedies tell you. It doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it it's not going to work. Um, and, and I think that she was just so much more annoying than I thought. But I will say, to his credit, I like the world. I like I think it's the... an interesting concept. Well, because, yeah. Yeah, you also haven't gotten into, like, I realized that in the book it doesn't reveal why the government's doing this. Yeah, it doesn't at all. I was like, uh, well, that question I didn't answer is good because I don't know still. Yeah, no, it it didn't reveal it. So um, I wish I could remember what it was, (laughs) but I don't. Well, I think, Um, I mean, they kind of hinted at the fact that maybe it's just to make the population complacent and therefore easy to handle because of the brainwashing yeah (laughs) you were right but (laughs) i was Um, like i was reading and i was like i I got to a certain point where we hadn't talked about like the brain damage yet and i was like oh my god oh my god they're not gonna have brainwashing i'm gonna be so mad i'm gonna be so angry and then they finally talked about it i was like and then you got your brainwashing and you got your brainwashing um but that yeah that is some good initial thoughts i think and and for me I'm not as damaged as you were by Aragon, I think, but I also am, I I feel almost reassured in my original feelings that like when I recommend a Scott Westerfeld, I don't always go to uglies. Yeah. And I actually like discourage some of my fellow booksellers when they're like, oh, your kids should read this. And I'm like, actually, let's give them Midnighters. Actually, let's give them this other dystopian. Not that uglies is bad, but I just think that, you know, teens are a little bit more woke. I think- YA I don't has, know. I don't know. I don't think it's just it's evolved better. Yeah, I think YA has gotten much more sophisticated, and that's what people who read YA, teens included, are used to now. So this yeah. would feel very clunky and like one-dimensional in terms of character development. I think clunky is a really good word for it, um, because it, it feels like you're stumbling through this story and you're not quite sure why things are happening the way that they're happening like again I keep going back to the love story and I'm just like when did you all have time to fall in love yeah and like, he was somebody like, needs to explain that to oh me my God. and then what did he say he was like something about him falling for her or noticing her or something um right it was something because of the scratches different. on her face because of the scratches yeah on oh that's right and I'm like so you you noticed her and you decided that you're gonna dump your girlfriend and be with her instead because she fell in a bush right like what like that's not a sign of an adventurer it's just a sign that she fucking is clumsy like i don't oh but you do know that ya heroines they do like them clumsy that's true so they do like them clumsy girls oh man um Well, that's that's great. Um, so glad. I I think we should get into our questions, okay. even though legitimately it's going to be yay. Allison was right. Allison was right. Alice. Seriously, I think you fucking swept it. Like mm. I'm not gonna lie. I there's think a couple. You did. There's a couple things that I didn't see coming. Right. So let's 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 start with our questions. Okay. So again, if you're joining us at Novel Predictions for the first time, we have a series of questions that we ask um, the new reader what they think their predictions are going to be um because kale's completely 100 percent forgot 
the plot of this book because <laughs> she read it 14 fucking years ago. Um, we went very hardcore on our questions, which will make editing very easy. Um, but uh, we, we just, like I said, have these series of questions and uh, we'll go over what Allison said and then talk about them. So the first question we have was, does the MC fall in love? And Allison said... So I do think she I think she's going to at least establish a relationship with someone in this book. I know it's a trilogy and then a quartet. Um and I think that guy will probably be like a like rebelly leader person, somebody who lives on the outskirts who doesn't live in the city of yeah, forking you- cut. I mean, what was that? Uh, what, would, what was that word? Was that a forking what? <laughs> a forking. I've been watching too much of The Good Place. Um, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> a forking, oh, Jesus. A forking cuss she does. A forking cuss she does. A fucking, a fucking course. course. And a fucking course. It's with the, like, wilderness boy. Yep. And it was. You said that it was uh, the guy will be a rebel leader person who doesn't live in the city or is one of the sons of the leader. Boom. And yeah, it, so David is, which I think is weird that they like made a comment about how strange David's name was. And I was like, y'all, all your names are the same. They're just spelt funky. Um, yeah, well, like there was that Paris. one kid named Asterix. So like. Oh, that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, what the fuck? Um but that, okay, that's something that has not changed in YA is like weird ass names. Yeah, but also like I just think it's so dumb whenever people who are writing futuristic stuff just take random words from the dictionary and like this is a name now. Like I don't think that's a strong writing technique for character development, but I digress. Probably not. But um, yeah, so she does. David mm-hmm. is the son of the two rebel doctors who figured out that there was brainwashing and decided to leave. And um, But he's also, which is interesting, which is another question we have, but he's also kind of her mentor. Yes. So he is. He really is the one that like teaches her how this all works. And he's the one that kind of guides her to this society is fucked up. Um. Yeah. yeah, but you you totally called it of him being like this handsome rogue leader person um, and that he loves her because she's ugly because <laughs> um, she literally has scratches on her face. And that's what turns him on. Apparently, yeah, he likes it rough. Um, <laughs> sorry, oh, um, but I'm I'm so annoyed with this relationship, though, because <clears throat> first of all, he was like, I guess, officially dating her friend when she got there i don't there. know what that is up i don't know what's up with that i really i, I think they were like, like together were. well yeah because she like reaches for his hand and then like he says nope and i don't know but go ahead i don't know i mean it's it seems like they were like actually together but then he sees tally and he's like shay is not genuine i want you because of your scratchy scratchy face well, which I think says more about David than I think it says about anybody else, that that guy's, like, genuine radar is completely fucking <laughs> off. Because right. Shay was really genuine, and I Tally's know. like, I'm lying my ass. I know. And then my he's, ass. like, in the cave, he's like, I just feel like I can intrinsically trust you. Yeah. And I'm an like, ass. well, you are wrong. You're very wrong. Very, 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 very wrong, friend. You well, yeah, have no radar. In the wilderness. Yeah, he's lived in the wilderness his whole goddamn life. He has no idea. But he doesn't trust a single other person in this camp ever. And then he's yeah, like, I'm going to trust you because you're obviously definitely not a spy. 
right and then it's like <laughs> i'm gonna burn my necklace i just love that she like never thought about the fact that like destroying it would put off the beacon yeah as soon as that she put it in the so fire mad. i was like you fucked up yep shit's gonna break you fucked up shit's horde yep shit's going going crazy (laughs) um so yeah i think we just have problems with that entire relationship and how it was presented it felt very forced in terms of like oh shit i need to have a romantic interest it did and then whenever shay confronted her about it and she was like i'm i she lied and was like i don't feel anything for him i'll go tell him like that this is not going to happen and that you should be with shay basically and then she goes to talk to him and doesn't say literally any of that Nope. And it's just like, actually, let's make out. Yep. Like, <laughs> and oh, oh, I'm gonna have you meet your parents. Yeah, meet what, my parents. What the fuck? I don't know. I she's she's so infuriating because she's just so she's a shitty person. Like honestly, she I think really she's just is a shitty, a shitty person. person. And maybe that's her characterization, but I don't like to read shitty heroines. Yeah. Well, what's great is that over the course of the series, she becomes like the revolutionary icon. So like in Imposters, she actually is not in Imposters. It's like 16 years afterwards, but she's like this legend. And the whole idea is that like Tally's not going to come save us. And um, and she becomes like this huge symbolic Katniss like figure. Um, But unlike Katniss, Tally kind of throws herself into it. What I do what I do like about this and I will defend Tally on this point I do like the idea that she fucked up and she feels compelled to try and write it yeah I mean that was the right choice right her but her motivation to like do all of this is to right her wrongs right and I kind of like this idea of a heroine that is not doing it necessarily out of justice or because it is right, you know, out of this compelling, but kind of like Katniss, she just kind of got thrown into it of like, oh, I really didn't mean to be this person, but I have to fix everything that I did wrong. Like she's compelled by this weird need to seek forgiveness. And I don't know why, but that was really intriguing to me. And maybe I'm giving this book way too much credit, but I liked that as a as a concept of like starting off with a hero that really fucked up and their quest is not to save a bunch of people because saving them is necessarily the right thing to do but like her own selfish desires of I need to be forgiven for my fuck up. Well, that's that's exactly what I was about to say. It's not so much that she's remorseful about her um choices and about the lies that she's told, but more that she's seeking absolution. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It's such a weird, interesting, selfish motivation from a heroine that eventually becomes this revolutionary leader and literally turns the entire world upside its head, is that it's not for the sake of the people. It's, again, a more selfish motivation. Again, kind of like Katniss. Katniss is like, I just wanted to save my sister. Yeah. And, you know, but I find this one a little bit more interesting of that because again Katniss is like I just wanted to save my sister that's this kind of like selfless heroine you know what you think of in the hero's journey and whereas Tally is a bitch who's like shit I screwed up I need someone to forgive me and the only way they're going to forgive me is if I do this not because it's the right thing to do but because I need them to say um you're absolved right say we forgive you yeah I don't know it's interesting I could write an essay on that. Because, yeah, I mean, she, because in the beginning, she, you know, sticks to her convictions and sticks to her promise to Shay. And then, which is great. And I was like, okay, like, that's, makes sense to me. That, that feels right. And then one conversation with Paris 
and she's like, oh, actually, this promise to Paris that I'll come hang out with him in New Town is more important than the promise to Shay that I won't betray her and this giant group of people. Yeah. And that was a exactly. turning point for me where I was like, what the fuck? Like, how how are you actually justifying this? Because I don't know because <laughs> it was it became super selfish because the original motivation was they weren't going to turn her pretty unless she did this so right she did this to turn pretty for herself not to save shay not to uh not to kill like they didn't even threaten with like killing anybody she loved or yeah, anything not to save like her that parents. it was like no not any of that not to save her sister not to do any it was we will not make you pretty right which again is a very fascinating concept because when she tells them like, they asked her, why did you do this? Like, why did you betray her? She says, they wouldn't turn me pretty. Yeah. It comes out and is, like, this so selfish, yeah, like, terrible uh. motive. Yeah, they all are like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, why would you do that? And it's a really interesting flaw. So that's, I will give it that. Doesn't mean I liked her any better than that. Doesn't mean that I enjoyed the book anymore. But I did find that very interesting yeah i think that she is she, i think tally as a character is not one-dimensional necessarily i just think that i don't i don't typically vibe with that kind of motivation set and like oh, yeah. this, the guilt motivation so so it wasn't that she was written poorly just that i was annoyed so annoyed with her yeah that's fair um all right our next question um, which I think we kind of went into a little <laughs> bit, but we'll, we, we're just going to, it's all going to integrate as yeah. this generally happens on this podcast. What tropes do you think you'll see? And Allison said a trope, and this is like a long winded name for a trope. I don't know what it would be called, but the trope of somebody who go for it is like it. fully ingrained in a societal expectation and then is jarred out of it by something. Um, and then fights against it. So we see that in Hunger Games. We see that in The Giver. We see that in all these different dystopians. It's a very common dystopian trope. And once again, Allison was right. She <laughs> said like every, almost every fucking thing of like, um, except I think the only thing that you kind of emphasized on was more of her relationship with Paris, which just wasn't there. Yeah. Um, it like didn't occur. Paris was just a device, I think, to show the world of pretty and to show how people changed. But you got the whole like rescue someone, then reality crash in and realizing you need to join them, realizing that the perfect society is broken and fully integrated into, wait, what did you say? You were like, the fully integrated into a society expectation and then is jarred out of it and then fights against it trope. <laughs> so the, I, I think that's right. Yeah. So I got a lot of them right, but I will say, I think there was a couple that I missed. So um, I did not see Tally being like a spy as as happening i just thought they were gonna send her to bring shay back not to like infiltrate and expose yeah the smoke um so that was a little bit of a surprise to me and then the it took forever and a day to get there though i realized like that that beginning was fucking long it did it took a long time for her to even get to the smoke and then was like she spent so much time traveling I know, but I was like, what is this? Is this like Hunger Games? I realized there's like so much camping. Yeah. I was, I remember I put that in my review. I was like, why is there so much wilderness shit here? I was like, I don't get it. Yeah. Scott Westerfeld had a weird need to like make a camping book. (laughs) Camping survival. That's what it felt like. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. And then the other trope that I didn't really see, or the other thing that I didn't really see happening was, um, 
the reason she turned pretty. So I thought the reason she was going to be turning pretty was to like infiltrate the pretty society, not yep. to be pretty so that she could do the medical research to right. to help figure out like how to turn people's brains back to normal. Yeah, I still will give it to you in the sense of that you talked about she needed to choose mm-hmm. and come back to being pretty. Um, but yeah, y- your your thoughts on the motivation behind that was different. Right. Um, but I will say when you were talking about her choosing to come back and turning pretty, we were recording remotely and I was losing my shit because <laughs> that was the one thing. Remember I told you I remember the beginning and I remember the ending and I remember the ending of her coming back and being like, make me pretty. And that's I was. Yeah. I was losing my mind when you like said that you dropped the bomb, and I just was like, "Oh my god!" Well, it's o- this it seems so be obvious so easy. to me. Yeah. Well, but I remember as a fourteen-year-old girl, I was like, right. "This is bullshit." And then I'm gonna spoil it because you're not gonna read the rest of the series. No, I'm not. But then she gets captured because after she's been turned pretty and the whole like stuff happens, but at the end of Pretties, she gets captured and is um. Unwillingly turned and turned to a special. Yeah, I read the book synopsis for the next like two because I was like, I'm never reading these. But yeah, no, she. But I remember she. That's why I got so mad at it. She woke up and was special, and it wasn't like when she turned pretty and she chose it. They forced it onto her, and I remember feeling so violated. Yeah, and as a reader, I was like, this is bullshit. And um, yeah, so I threw the book across the room. I assume they fixed her brain. Yeah, did they do? The medication works. Okay. Cool. Otherwise. And they like find out more shit about the society. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's like a huge relationship tension between because she's pretty now and David's like. I liked you You better before. You don't look the same. Yep. That whole shit. Also, I'm still mad at you for fucking lying to me for months. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, I don't remember that. Why aren't they more angry? I just. I don't know. Because they're not human. Um. All right. Next question. Is there a mentor? And if so, how do they meet? Allison said. I think there will be. Because somebody's got to teach her that the system is broken. And you were kind of right. Like, this one was really close. Yeah. What did I say? I think I you. No, you no, you did say that it was going to be the boyfriend. Um, because someone has to teach her that the system is broken. You would half-heartedly mention that you thought it would be like that female warden, mm. um, which was I, just a... I think that would have been so much more compelling. Right. But, um, but yeah, you, you talked about that it... But... Because I remember... I will say to that point that <clears throat> I was kind of right in that the female warden would have been one of the pretties that was fixed. Yes. So, this is true. So she actually did have like a conscience, like the, um... The Rangers. Yes. I wish they were in it more. They were so cool. They come into it later. They help with the revolution. Oh, good. Because I was like, I think that it would have been, I don't know, cooler if she like went and lived with the Rangers. Yeah. Uh, They come in later as the, as part of the revolution. Good. Um, So yeah, no, you get more of them, but yeah, I would say that you were right. It's just, uh, you, you kind of were wishy-washy on well, who because the mentor actually was because it you didn't get anything and you were like creating characters as we went because yeah. you'd literally met three people. Well, and oftentimes it's it's not often that the mentor and the romantic interest are the same right. unless it's an enemies to lovers story. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, this wasn't going to be. So No. Yeah, yeah. so that's why I hesitated to to make that assertion. Yeah. Uh, the next question was, who is going to die? Allison said, 
I'm guessing somebody dies at some point, but I may not have met them yet. So you were right. You just hadn't met the person yet because David's dad dies. Um, what did I say? I don't even remember if I said. You said you said someone is going to die, but I don't know who because I haven't met them yet. Oh, yeah. So it was like a really vague, like you had a 50-50 shot. I mean, yeah. Of like, that was just kind someone's of like gonna die. somebody always dies, right? So Right. Yeah. And it, especially in dystopians. Exactly. But, um, no, but I can we talk about David's dad's death for a little bit and the fact that he's like not mad at her for causing it? Uh, yeah. So, well, that's the thing is he doesn't, so he doesn't know she caused it until the very end and then they don't talk again. Yep. So, but I think uh, Mama Bear should have been more angry. I agree. Like, I know that she was like, you know, cold and distant or whatever, but this little girl literally caused the death of your husband and you're just like cool with well, her pretty much not only that not only did she cause the death of the husband but she also fucked up your entire plan you've had for 18 goddamn yeah, years and she destroyed she comes her, in your whole and just, civilization yep, destroyed everything yeah yep i yep. i was like what the f- that that's the kind of things where i was like don't forgive her for this like what are you talking about there needs to be a lot more of her like i know she's doing this one thing to like make it better but that's not enough like she is she's and she's not even like groveling like she should be crying and like on her knees begging your forgiveness for this horrible mistake she made not just calmly telling you about it and then going off to be pretty to help you yeah Uh, yeah and that's why i cannot imagine being so self-centered that I would f- be able to lie that many times about such a big thing for so long. I wonder, it's a little like sociopath-esque. Yeah, it is. Because like, you know what, I, I'm not, I'm, I say that very heavily. I don't, I don't throw that out there lightly, but it, it does almost in a way seem like she is having to she like let them see a little bit of her crazy and is now like trying to do all of this other stuff to like fit back in so that people don't see her crazy. You know, I don't know. It just, it seems very self-centered and very just, but, and and what's weird is that it doesn't even seem like in a normal 14 year old way. No. Like, yeah, teenagers are self-centered. They very much focus on themselves, but also like, I don't know if my family or people I cared about were in danger. I don't know. Instinct kicks in like love. I don't know. I just don't believe she loves David. I think it's, I don't think she loved any of them, which again, I think she grew up in a society where that was like not the case and she maybe wasn't taught that. And I'll maybe give it that, but I still feel like she spent enough time in the smoke to supposedly fall in love with a boy. You'd think that she'd like learn how to, I don't know, be so a little bit, selfless but also david's an idiot i don't know there's a lot of problems i just think that she she's definitely a narcissist oh totally but because i just don't think that like she has any real perception of others needs or like what would be what how how to build a relationship based on something other than your own um desires and and fears yeah it's it's 
I don't know. But see, then I'm going to go back and be like, well, has she ever had the opportunity to do that? I don't. But I mean, she has this this very longstanding and impactful friendship with Paris. Yeah, I guess that's true. Like, I feel like she has the most genuine empathy and investment in her relationship with Paris than any of the other relationships in this book. And then we don't even see that, really. All we see is the slight destruction of it because of his brain damage as, like, an example of, oh, like, for something, as something for her to realize she understands what's going on. It's like a device rather than an actual relationship. But she spends the most time in the book considering his feelings and his, um, like, promises she made to him than any other character, even though she barely mentions him in the second half of the book. Yeah. And then she's claiming that she's she loves these people and, like, Shay's her best friend. And I... Yeah, it's just weird. Yeah. It's really weird. Um, I love how we just are like, you're making me, like, hate this story I'm more so- and more. I'm sorry. Go, no, don't, don't. Why are you saying sorry? It's okay. Like, I told you, I realized that there were a lot of problems with it. I, I think I'm not going to be so blind as, like, fault in our stars when I was talking about that and I was like I don't even care it's so emotional and I love it and it's amazing and this one I'm a little bit more like oh yeah no that is a problem yeah like that is kind of fucked up um but again I read it so many years ago and again I think about like what I was reading at the time and we had a long conversation about it in our last podcast about this is what was available and I'm so happy that the YA genre has involved has evolved and has expanded. And I love that it is helping society and humans move forward and thinking about complex characters and becoming literature. So that's all I have to say on that. I will get off my soapbox and continue <laughs> on with the questions. Um, the next question was, what's the twist? And Allison said, so I think what she ends up doing after a lot of waffling and after falling in love with this boy and him r- convincing her that, you know, she's, fine as she is I think that she and I don't know the circumstances of how but I think that she actually goes back and gets turned pretty as like a spy mic drop okay so your two main twists were that Shay runs away and finds a society living outside the city fighting against the institution that's doing this check mark boom. good job <laughs> ba-boom uh, Tally goes back and turns pretty as a spy. So, yeah, you got half of that, of that she goes back and willingly chooses to turn pretty. But it wasn't because it was a spy. It was because she wants to have her brain experimented on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can we can we talk about Shay for a little bit? Sure, in yeah. In that moment? I want to talk about Shay. And I want to talk about how, like, I feel like that's probably one of the saddest parts of this entire story to me. And I don't quite know why. I agree with I you, I don't know. Though. I think that, so, Shay, to me was like this this independent spirit and she just wanted to not have to adhere to all this stupid shit that she saw going on in society and so she ran away and she was ha- like happy in in the smoke even though Tally stole her fucking boyfriend and was whatever ruined <laughs> everything um and then yeah whenever she turned pretty I was I was kind of like grossed out yeah by her and and I I you know I knew that at a certain point in reading I knew that was going to have to happen you know somebody who we knew and had experienced their personality before 
being pretty would turn pretty to prove that all this was real, basically. Right. Because Paris, we'd only heard about him afterwards. We hadn't witnessed him or fallen in love. Fallen in love? <laughs> sure. <laughs> fallen in love with him. Yeah. You know, whereas, and Shay, I wouldn't say that we fell in love with her, but I would say that we re- were able to experience more of who she was. Yeah. And then when she, I also kind of hate that they like took her against her will. Right. Like, I don't know why, but that was really hard for me. I was like, I understand that she's a little brain damaged, but like, y'all aren't listening to her. Yeah. Like she's she wants still to like, go home. she wants to go home. Let her go home. Like, I don't know. It was just a little sad to me. I was like, yeah, she doesn't know any better, but she's not hurting anybody. Like, she's just going to go party. <laughs> I am glad that they they have that whole conversation about um, they're not going to force her to take the drugs. Yeah. Can we talk about Mama Bear there yeah. and how she was like, yeah, fuck you, Tally. I'm not going to force her to do anything. <laughs> yeah, she was bitch. like, I'm a doctor. Like, I have took a Hippocratic, Hippocratic oath. I'm not forcing someone to do experimental medication. Yeah, because she's sound. Because, yeah, like, she has lost sort of the... I would say, like, a certain decision-making. Not decision-making. She can make decisions, but it's just, like, she's lost a bit of her personality. Yeah, and she's yeah, lost the she's will like, to assert herself. Right, and that's sad and terrible and awful, but she is also a human who has functioning human speech and is able to say, don't fucking touch me. Yeah. Don't put those pills down my throat. I don't want to do this. And I'm just really glad that they, like, had that moment. And Tally was like, I will fucking force it. Like, we're going to have to do this. And Mama Bear's like, nope. Nope. Well, it's just yet another example of Tally having selfish motivations. Well, yeah, because she and her whole thing is, it's like, Shay has to get better, which is why she takes her, which is, again, is a selfish motivation of, like, uh, just let her be. Yeah. You know, she's got this. It happens. You guys have a plan to figure it out later. But I would not. Ar- I would argue that Shay was not better off being taken from that group. And they like talked about all her really superficial things. And I was like, yeah, because she's a little brain damaged. But like, don't put a superficial person out in the wilderness like that. That sounds dangerous. Right. Well, and she she would have been safer just being in New Pretty Town. Exactly. Like, if they had just taken her home, they could have gone, like, when they did their whole shit later, they could have had, they could have saved, you know, saved her then if they really wanted to, you know, when they, when they change everyone's brains back and they give them all their personalities back. But at this point in time, she's literally just a prisoner. Yeah, she is. She's totally captive. Sure, she's not, sure she's free to go home at any time, quote unquote. But she doesn't know how to do that. She's not going to survive. It's like you plopped, you plopped her in the middle of goddamn motherfucking nowhere and she doesn't know what to do. She's lost that sort of motivation. And the instinct. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you kidnapped a child. Right. You know, a child's not going to know how to escape properly. It's not, yeah, no. I was not okay with that at the end there. I think I had a really big problem with that, especially when like Shay was like, I want to leave. Yeah. Yeah, you can leave. How? If she leaves, she dies. Right. Yeah. Like, that's literally something that, like, kidnappers say. So, yeah. <laughs> like, sure. Like, you're in a cab. You get kidnapped. You're in a cabin in the woods with your kidnapper. And you're like, I want to leave. And they're like, okay, go for it. Like. You'll be dead in three days. Right. Like, there's. <laughs> the motivation behind them saying that may not be exactly the same, but it's the same consequence. She can't. She doesn't have the capacity to do that on her own nope not anymore so yeah yeah i agree she's taken her in the first place um next question is why is this story from the mc's perspective why are they important and allison said i don't think she is okay i think that 
it's from her perspective because of the <clears throat> the way the story needs to start where she has a reason to go to pretty town and see her friend and see this change in him and then come still have to come back and be in the other place and have meet a friend who you know is obviously resistant to this idea I think just like the age difference and those two friends are really what matters so that it is an inciting incident. I don't think she is special in any way. Um, I think it could be anybody. Yeah, you got this one spot on too. Yeah, I said she wasn't. Nope, you were right. She was, she's not special in any way. She's a bitch. She's selfish. <laughs> and uh, she kind of got thrown into this because of very, 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 very selfish reasons. Um I, I want to ask you real quick, like, how do you think this story could have been better? Um, you mentioned, like, the Rangers and stuff, but, like, is there maybe someone whose perspective this could have been from that would have made it more interesting or a different angle that it could have been taken with? Because I still argue that I really do like the world, and I think it's interesting, and in the next couple of books, how it expands and grows and the revolution happens. But I was just would be curious to know is, like, how... Do you think this could have been better somehow? I do. So I think that, um, I think it could have still been Tally. Um, but I do, and I think she could have been equally just as selfish as she was for the first, you know, two thirds of the book. What I think would have made this more compelling for on a series level is if David got turned pretty. Oh my fucking God. Yeah. And then it was a, like, I will burn the world down for the person I love kind of story. Yeah, but they needed to, like, really fall in love first. I know. Oh, my God. Yes. So they'd focused more on their relationship building and actually had true – and she hadn't been such a fucking liar and actually had this this relationship built up to the fact where it was real and I'm rooting for it. And then David was stolen and turned pretty or even special. Oh, Then – and she, like – but she wasn't. And she, from the outside, tore this system down and got him sa- to save him. That, oh I my think, would have been much better. Well, that's also, like, up your alley, though, too. Yeah, that's, like, you're kind of, you love those stories. I do. Um, but, no, I, I had never thought about that. That I, Like, what an interesting story if they had flipped it, you know, because now she's going to be the one that's pretty. And it's, like, yeah. I also, I know. at one point during the story, whenever the... I'm forgetting her name, the mom's name. Um, we're just calling her Mama Bear. It's yeah, fine. Whenever Mama Bear is like, we have to go and like, we're leaving your dad, like your dad's dead or whatever. And like, she's like rushing them out of the, the building. I had this really eerie feeling that she had been changed in some way. <gasps> um, that would have been creepy. Yeah. So like that she hadn't been turned pretty, but that they had like altered her, her brain um, to be like, you know, working for the specials in some way. Right. And I think that would have been really a really com- compelling betrayal too. Ugh. Cuz if I just wish there would have been a be- been a better betrayal. You know what I mean? I think Shay was not as powerful as we wanted it to be. You know? Well, in the I mean, Tally, that I think that's part of the problem is that Tally was the protagonist, she was the betrayer, she was like all the roles. Yeah. And and I think and everybody else was flat and, around Right. Her. Everyone else was just, like, cardboard cutouts standing around her. And I think, if yeah, if we, we turned David pretty and made that 
you know, and then gave us a dual perspective from him, maybe. And then Mama Bear had been altered, but not turned physically so that she could become this like spy infiltrator for the specials. And then there's this family conflict. I think that would have been way more compelling. Yeah, uh, make it so. All you fanfic <laughs> writers out there, yeah. um, make do you it write so. Fanfic? We need uglies fanfic. Yeah, do you write fanfic? We have some challenges for you. <laughs> um, you need some prompts. Um, uh, the last question that was on there was, uh, do you have any other thoughts and what stories does this remind you of? Allison said. It definitely reminds me of Stepford Wives because yeah. of what I think the predict how it's going to go. Um, other than that, it reminds me of, you know, Hunger Games a little bit because it's, you know, the segregated, um, like, districty type thing. Right. And the idea that between the districts, there's, like, nothing. It's just a ravaged. Um, but then, actually, there's District 13. So, yeah. So, it's, like, a out in the wastes, there is actually humanity. Well, it kind of reminds me of The Giver a little bit, too. Just, yeah. Just in that once you reach a certain age, you are, like taken and given an opportunity in the giver it's you're given your job um and then but in this one it's that you're you're made pretty so that so you didn't necessarily have any like you talked about it being like hunger games but you really just kind of got it of like brainwashing this is where you really like put in your whole big brainwashing theory which was 100% correct um might not have been brainwashing per se but right. it was but it's definitely conditioning and that something was wrong with them and something that neurologically changes um but yeah you were 100 percent right on that and um i think you had to be i think there was no real way that this story could have worked dystopian wise if there wasn't some sort of mechanic to change people's thinking well and that's um, the whole thing about dystopians is this something is happening that looks like a perfect world or a perfect right. function for like humans and it makes everything better for them. But underneath actually there's a lot of corruption. So there had to be that corruption. And that's why I was saying in the first episode, if there wasn't going to be that corruption, I was going to throw shit across the room because that's not right. Like it's not how that's these not stories work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. No. And, so it's exactly what it was. It was exactly what you said it was going to be. And um, I'm, 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 I'm interested in any final thoughts that you have about this. I feel like that we kind of beat it with a hose um, <laughs> kind of relentlessly. And again, like I said, I'm not going to change the fact that like, I'm not going to lower my rating after yeah. this or anything. I still think I gave it a pretty fair rating. It still makes me think there's still nostalgia there. Um, and so for me though, I understand and can remember why I didn't finish the rest of the series. Yeah. And I don't think I'm gonna. Right. So what, it, what, what are you, those were my kind of like last little tag ons. What, what did, what do you think? So, yeah, I, I obviously wasn't a fan of this story. Um, two star ratings are like exceedingly rare from me. I am. They're like fucking $2 bills in your world. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't rate books that low. I don't finish books that I am feeling they're going to be that low, I guess, is really what it is. Yeah, you, you're you a hardcore DNF. I do, I DNF. Really, thank you for getting through the whole thing. Because <laughs> um, there's not enough time to read books I'm not going to like unless, you know, I'm being forced to by a podcast. So 
I just smiled so big. <laughs> I was like, ha ha. I do um, it to you I feel too, bad. So. I want to, I need to give you a book that you like. I don't, I feel like, I mean, you liked the hate you. I just, ah, God, I feel like I got my work cut out for me. I feel me like we're pretty I, even on books we've liked and disliked that we've given each other though. This is true. This is very true. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so yeah. I think I definitely am not going to read the rest of this. I did read the plot synopses for the the next th- four books, which I agree with people who are mad about the fourth book coming out because it doesn't it's bullshit. It's not it's bullshit. Part, it's not part of the trilogy. It's just like a random uh, companion novel. But which is why though, like if you want to read something in this world, Imposters is really good because of what Imposters is is these two sisters that are twins clones almost and one of them is like the protective detail for the other one Mm. and she gets sent on a secret mission to go to like the smoke like place it's not the smoke because they're all integrated and shit now um to infiltrate there and she's not the pretty princess one she's the warrior and shit goes down and again, it's that revolutionary thing. It has that survival element. It has betrayals. And I think it's just better, more well done because there's no, there's lying, but it's not this selfish person. She has motivations to help her sister and help her, her government and help, you know, this kind of service. And then the love story is actually pretty decent. Um, so I would just say it's like a better... It's a updated 2018 uglies. Right. It's like a version that fits into our current schema of what should and shouldn't happen. Yep. Yeah. So I I might, maybe if I'm ever really feeling like a dystopian, I might read Imposters. I just don't, I think, I think it's, it was important for me to understand like where the story was going to go, but I wasn't willing to read it. So I, I did read the plot synopses, um, and it made me like specifically be like okay well i'm not actually ever reading these yep (laughs) like because she turns pretty and then she's like pretty and dumb and they fix her at some point obviously but then she turns special and it's just like and we'll do it all over again so yep no yep it's it's yeah (laughs) um um, i do i do think that this book probably at, at the time was very compelling um for a lot of people and I think the idea behind I think the world itself is is pretty fucking cool um I did I did honestly I want a hoverboard I did honestly I want a hoverboard so bad yeah that's what I was gonna say I honestly thought all the stuff about like the metal infrastructure and um not being able to use the hoverboards like out in the wilderness but in the smoke they're like building a grid like that kind of stuff I honestly thought was the most compelling part yeah um and like when they're doing the roller coaster and in the like the Rustyville or whatever, yeah, in the ruins, like that that to me was cooler because I think it's fun when dystopians look back at you know us like the modern humans <laughs> yeah. and are and say like oh they're so stupid like they burned trees for fuel and all these things, um, so yeah and I like I thought the orchid infestation was kind of random but also pretty cool and uh, that becomes important later is why <laughs> okay i was like okay and it's cool. symbolic sweet um but yeah so i think that the world is compelling but I, it's just been too long for this book to hold any sway over me and the character was just too self-centered without 
and, and I, I'm a sucker for a redemption arc, but you got to do it. Like the character has to, to actually transform and it can't be over a series of three books. It needs to happen. Oh, you don't mean transform into a pretty? Like, no. is, is that it has, no. to, it has to be more than that? It has yeah. to be an internal transformation? It has to be internal transformation. Um, and it needs to, I need to see it. I can't just be like, promised it. Like, you've promised me in The Magicians. Um, I, I need we to don't be able need to, to get see into it. That. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's a, a really great thing to end on. Um before we transfer over um before we move on though to what book that you're gonna torture me with Mm -hmm. in the new year i want to give a really awesome shout out oh yeah because this this was really kind of amazing we found out do do you want to talk about it i want you to do it because you were the one who found it and the fucking called me like (laughs) can you tell me how you found this out sure so um i was just on twitter and one of our other, as you do as one is one of our other bookish friends mentioned that they were featured in this book riot um 10 top 10 list of 2018 book podcasts and i was like oh that's cool um and i randomly clicked on it so normally i don't i don't often look at those lists because i mean i'm not scoping for us to be on them because that would be insane uh so but but i looked at it i clicked on the list and our podcast was on there and I felt like I maybe had died and was in an alternate (laughs) was in like an alternate universe I really didn't believe it at first and then I was reading the review and it was so beautifully written and so complimentary of us and so I called Kales and we had a a good squeal about it no it was a great squeal because I had just gotten done it was a really crazy day um because as you guys know I work at a bookstore and um, Michelle Obama came to the bookstore and then I got to go see Michelle Obama, uh, at the Pepsi center, which is a, a huge venue. And Reese Witherspoon was in conversation with her and I had just finished that. And I was like on this amazing high from this awesome day that I legitimately didn't think could get better. And then I got a call from Allison and Allison does not call me. No, I thought like her husband was dead and I had to like, <laughs> no, I'm not shitting you. Like I thought I was going to have to like go spend the night in a hospital somewhere or drive her somewhere. And then I call her and I was like, what's wrong or what's up? And she's like, were featured in 10 great bookish podcasts we discovered in 2018 on book riot. And I'm, I'm like standing in the Pepsi center behind like a closed down concession stand area, squealing and losing my mind. Um, so really big shout out to book riot and specifically Rachel Britton, who was the one who wrote an amazing review for us. So thank you so much. Um, it was a great ending to, uh, this year of 2018 and how we just kind of put this out there and, because we just wanted to hang out as friends and it's something that we enjoy and we're big fans of podcasts and the fact that we got recognized in this way is amazing. So thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Book Riot. And a thank you to all of the new subscribers yeah. that came on because of this. Holy crap. Yeah. Welcome. Thank you. Hi. You you uh, like doubled our subscriber list. So you're amazing. Thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> so this was like a really big deal for us. So we're hoping that we could kind of keep the momentum of that going and get some new subscribers. So if you're new to the podcast and you're enjoying it, you're having fun with us, please shout us out. Tell your friends about it. Um, go review us on iTunes. Give us all the love so that we can bring more friends to the table because we think we have a lot of we have a lot of fun doing this. We think you guys have fun listening and we would love for more people to to hear us. Absolutely. Um, so 
Speaking of the new year yes. and new books and new listeners and new, 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 new. Allison, what is the book that you are going to have me read in January 2019? Uh, 2019. So um, do you want do you want me to guess? Do you want hints? <laughs> okay. Yes. I like that we do okay. it this way. Okay. So it's, uh, it's Kid Lit. What the fuck? We're going Kid Lit? It's, it's like straddling YA. Like a mid-grade? Yeah. Fuck, we're going mid-grade. It was published okay. in 1998, I think. Oh, my God. No. Maybe 96. How far back are we fucking going here? <laughs> um, um, and it's, You're not making me read like Bridget No. It's wintry? Uh-huh. Like Christmassy or just wintry? Wintry. 1998. Wintry. Middle grade. How short is it? It's 400 pages. Oh, my God. I don't know. What is this book? Okay, so why do I feel have I heard of it? Yes. Oh God, yes. I'm double checking the publishing date before I lied to you. That's okay. <laughs> I'm struggling so hardcore right now. Oh, is it 2001? No. Really? What the fuck? That's got to be a reprint. Maybe. Okay, maybe it is 2001. I thought it was in the 90s, but anyway. So that's close enough. <laughs> so in January we will be reading the Golden Compass. No! <laughs> yes. Yes. Have you? Oh you, my god, no! You have not seen the movie, right? No! Good. Don't watch it. Oh my god, no! Now that it's a bad movie. I don't want to do this at all. Why? Oh my god. It's going to be great. I, I, I have boycotted this book for so long. For what reason? Uh, well, originally it was a religious thing. Because um, apparently it was the anti Narnia. And, uh,. <laughs> And it, it was a big deal in the church I went to about, no, like, don't read this book. Um, and then I just I just didn't care. And then it was, like, one of those hyped books. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I love you and I hate you for making me do this. I'm making I think you do it's it. Brilliant. No, but it's brilliant from a podcasting marketing perspective. But as a human, I'm so just upset right now. Oh, my God. This is great. So, this is so great. Yeah, so it's 368 pages. So that's... Not that bad. Oh my god, this is so great. It's shorter than Uglies. Um, Where do you put it in the library? Do you put it in middle grade or do you put it in YA? I believe it's in the juvenile Because it's in fiction. YA at the bookstore. Um, let me double check. I think it's in YA. Oh my god. I think it's this in is... juvenile. Oh, it's in juvenile? Yeah, we put it in YA at the bookstore. So yeah, it totally straddles. Oh my gosh. This is great. <laughs> oh no, we do, shelve, we do shelve it YA. Oh, well, whatever. Yeah, but it's like... She's younger. She's I, like 12. I read it when I was like, yeah, 11 or 12. Oh my God. This is fantastic. Yeah. So we're going to read oh, The Golden Compass, wow. the first book uh, by Philip Pullman in the His Dark Materials trilogy. And if you're like me and one of the few people that haven't read it, you could read it with us this January. Or if you're like the rest of the goddamn motherfucking population <laughs> and have read the book, um, enjoy my predictions. Oh God! And I, I will say right now, this is going to be like the uglies where I have not read this book in so damn long that yes. I don't have a lot of memory of what happens. So I love it. It'll be fun for both of us. Let's go. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Um, I'm Kales. And I'm Allison. Oh, keep making novel predictions. That's the lame ending we've got. Bye. Cool. Bye. Bye. Bye.